Now, we often feel like we never have enough time in the day and the time that we do have needs to be made the most of every damn minute. Luckily, we have the likes of clinical psychologist turned writer Dr Alice Boys to save the day. Alice is a Kiwi. She's based in the US and her blogs on the popular website Psychology Today garner millions of views. Alice has written a brand new book. It's called Stress-Free Productivity. It's a toolkit to help readers flourish without the burnout. And Dr. Alice Boyes joins me now. Good morning. Hello. It's so nice to talk to you. I've, uh, I, I know exactly who you are and it's, it's really exciting for me to talk to you. <laughs> oh, I'm so pleased. Where are you, Alice? Are you in Las Vegas? Yes, I live, in, I live in Vegas. So I'm from Greymouth originally and I studied at the University of Canterbury and then moved over to the US in 2013. What drew you to Vegas? Uh, so we lived in New York for the first year that we lived in America, and we thought that that would be where we would where we would land. But I didn't even last a winter there. So the winter in New York, taking the subway everywhere, is is a really hard life. Um, so we decamped out here for for sun and an easy life, and also because it's easier to get back to New Zealand from the side of the country. Yeah, of course, all makes sense. Alice, tell me, how is this book different to other books on productivity? Yeah, so it's an individualized view of productivity and it draws from lots and lots of areas of psychology. So there have been some some great uh, books out in recent years, for example, James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, right, which is a great book about about the science of habits. But habits is just this, this tiny area within of within behavioral psychology, whereas there's huge other areas of, of psychology that are relevant to the topic of productivity related to thoughts and emotions and relationships and all sorts of other things. And so this book attempts to bring all of those in. And it also attempts to be like a kinder, gentler version of productivity that's still aimed at excellence. You immediately set the tone with a chapter called You Were the Solution, Not the Problem, which which kind of lowers one's defences if you're a little bit defensive about your productivity. Yeah, a lot of people have productivity shame. Like we have this idea that we of, of we have this image of what a, if you're a lawyer, you know, what a productive lawyer is, or if you're a freelancer, what a productive freelancer is. And if we've got any sort of vulnerability or any reason that we think that we can't meet that image, that tends to, to drive productivity shame. And that's, that's really unhelpful. So a lot of, uh, a lot of books are often sort of makeover books. And this isn't a makeover book. It, it helps you work with your nature uh, rather than attempting to change you into some, some vision of the ideal version of a productive person. Alice, has our productivity shame got worse? It feels like over the last few years that sort of being busy has become a competitive sport. Yeah, yeah, I think that it, it has. And there's just this huge dilemma that's caused by this an, an absolute glut of articles about hustle. So hustle culture is just extremely dominant. Um, but also there's this other glut of articles about self-care. So people can often feel like they've got, there's no way to win. You know, they're, they're told that, that they should all do more self-care, but also told that they should be hustling 24-7. And it can be very difficult to, to figure that out. So this the book really teaches people that there's no trade-off between mental health and productivity. So over the pandemic, people have just realized that they're not willing to make that trade-off anymore. So this is kind of teaching you techniques that will both help with productivity and mental health simultaneously. So how can how can it be a positive part of our lives instead of something stressful, productivity? Yeah. So things feel good if they feel like if you if you feel like you're expressing your authentic self. Um, through them so again like rather than 
rather than trying to fit yourself into some sort of productivity system that works for somebody else, it's, it, the book starts with you figuring out figuring you out and one of the the things I talk about is how whatever challenges that you have that the ways that you overcome your challenges and your vulnerabilities they can be some of your most creative problem solving so they can end up being sort of what you're most proud of okay give me an example can you give me an example yeah so so for example I am somebody that I can't really handle a full-time job I'm an absolute night owl um so I when I first graduated I worked in England for a while at a university and then I came back to New Zealand and I started my own practice. And it's pretty unusual for someone to start their own practice with not very much clinical experience. So usually people would go and work in a hospital or something like that, but I just couldn't handle it. Um, and then what happened is that as marketing for my practice, because I was, you know, sort of boot, shoestringing in it, I, I guess, uh, I started writing for some magazines and started blogging. And that's what led to um, me, me writing books. So it came out of me needing to work around the fact that I don't do well in a traditional full-time full-time job setting. This will be there'll be a lot of people out there going, this is fantastic. So hang on, I don't have to fit into somebody else's idea of productivity. The whole idea of this self-observation, um, the, the first sort of part of this book, is actually recognising how you work and how you live and what kind of suits you. Yeah, yeah. And these observations don't have to be sort of earth-shattering to anyone else to be really important to you. Like one of the things that I noticed in the course of writing the book is that I'm really good at staying on track sort of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning. And then I then my then things fall off at the end of the week. So what what I learned from that is that I don't need to be sort of on myself the, the early part of the week. The early part of the week takes care of itself. I just need strategies for the end part of the week. And that was hugely freeing because it, it made it feel like I didn't need to be hard on myself all of the time. It, it gave me a much more accurate picture of what was going on. So Alice, if there's somebody out there who says, look, I love what I do for a living, but unfortunately it requires me to work these kind of hours, they don't really suit me. How do you then look at your job and and, and the way that you're working and things to, to try and improve your productivity? Yeah. yeah, so it's a very personal thing about whether you can work within certain constraints or whether you need to sort of take a long game view and and find some solution that doesn't doesn't involve those constraints. Everybody has to figure that out for themselves, whether something is fixable or whether it needs some sort of more radical change. But one of the things is is really bringing yourself into your work and realizing that a lot of the a lot of our in, in our professional lives, careers tend to attract people with the same kind of personality and the same kind of experiences. And you you sort of become even more alike through your training. Like if you're in a in a field that's very conservative, you can kind of become more cautious because you really get that drummed into you as you're training. Like you, you the field probably attracts cautious people and then drums even more caution into you. So the ways in which you're different from your colleagues, the different the different experiences that you've had through life, your hobbies, your interests, all of those are that bringing bringing your knowledge and your experiences from all of those things into your work can able can enable you to to do work that really helps you stand out and it can also just make it feel just much more sustainable than if you're trying to do work do just a volume of work so a lot of careers these days they really rely on you showing your worth through the volume of work that you do and also improving through doing a volume of work. And if you're doing really outstanding work, your volume doesn't matter as much. Right. 
So, so when it comes to sort of being effective and efficient, should we be prioritising what kind of work we do over other work? Yeah, so my one of the big points that I make is that people think that goofing off is the biggest enemy of productivity, right? So there's this huge emphasis on on being undistracted and having more focus and that kind of thing. But I think that the biggest enemy of productivity isn't goofing off. I think it's doing sort of things that are only mildly or moderately productive. So you really want to be doing some things in the course of a year that have the potential to change your life or other people's lives, right? You want to be doing some things that have the potential to change your trajectory and it's it's your productivity highs are much more important than your productivity lows so people often give themselves this incredible hard time about being unproductive for an hour or two a day or being unproductive for a few days in a row or whatever it is if they need to take mental health days for depression or anxiety whatever it is that they're struggling with but it really is often just a few things a year that you do that change the trajectory of your success. And so what's important is that you're doing those things. Huh. So do we need to be productive all of the time? No, and that's that's a real unrealistic expectation that's been been set for us. It's not how humans are. So there's been really this idea that, you know, ro- robots have sort of invaded our world. And there's kind of this idea that we should all be more like robots, that we should all be more emotionless. Um, when that's not consistent with the, with with the scientific studies at all, right? That scientific studies show that all of our emotions can actually be useful for our productivity. So being more human, including our distractibility and our and, and our, the full range of emotions, you can utilize them all to be more productive in meaningful ways. They're not a threat to your productivity or you don't need to get rid of your humanness in order to be more productive. You've made the switch from practicing psychology to writing about it. What's that shift been like for you? It's been fun, but I do miss I do miss practicing. I do miss the I do miss the client work. Um, but it is something that you know a lot of people in my position would be trying to do both. And you can, and it's and I've I I've got a I've I'm homeschooling my six year old, and I've had my um I've, I've been a a, a mother um this whole time like without having my child in daycare and all that kind of thing. Um, so it's 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 been that's been a, a lifestyle decision that I've made for myself. But there is some sort of giving up, and there is some sort of sense of um, you know getting behind some of my colleagues that are maybe trying to do both. Um, but overall, it's it, overall it's been really good. So Alice, just to wrap up, if there are people out there feeling the weight of the daily grind, what advice do you have for them? What's one thing that they can do now to help themselves? I think one of the things that's really important to have is a deep work habit. So there are lots of definitions of deep work, but I define it as doing as as work on your most important long-term project. So something that has at least has the potential to be life-changing in some way to get yourself to do that. It really needs to be a daily habit and it might not be like all of the time, you know, you might take some, some breaks away, away from it, but daily habits of deep work, become more automatic and when behaviors become more automatic they take it takes a lot less self-control to be able to enact that behavior and so if you if you have a time a consistent time in your day when you work on a long-term project that has sort of big potential that is something that can can really make you feel like your life is on track and that sense that our life is on track is what gives us like a, a sense of well-being and life satisfaction. 
helps you get through all those niggly other boring little daily things you have to do. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we have this tendency to to be moths to a flame to short deadlines, uh, and it's so it helps you refocus and just not always do the short deadline tasks. I love it. Thank you so much, Alice. Thank you for your time today. It's been great to talk to you. Yeah, it's been nice to talk to you too. So Dr. Alice Boy's book is called Stress-Free Productivity and it is going to be available from March 8th, so keep an eye out for it.